portions of the Arthur Idala Power Hour, sponsored by Hemp Leaf. We won't put anything on your body that you wouldn't put in your body. It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go-to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high-profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. It is 6.03 on Wednesday, July the 5th. I will tell you, it seems, uh, I don't know, I'm, I am so mixed up on what day of the week it is because of this whole, like, you know, just Monday, Tuesday, July 4th. I'm, yeah, was it Tuesday? I was saying, I mean, Monday I was saying it was Friday. It's been a little confusing, um, but I'm here at the helm on 45th and 5th at the law firm. I hope um, some of you are listening with the day off and uh, you you managed to like squeeze this whole weekend. Might as well. Um, I will tell you that I was assuming I was going to come to the office today and it was going to be relatively quiet. I was actually contemplating not wearing a suit and tie. And I walked in and the place was buzzing. Basically, I think everyone's here but Imran. Um, and I'm, I guess I'm happy about that. You know, be careful what you wish for. Um, Sam Bellino, how was your uh, July 4th weekend? It was great. I got to do a little bit of grilling between rain. Well, yeah, I was out in Long Island where I, there was, yeah, there was a little bit of rain, but nothing crazy, crazy. I heard it was a little more torrential in yeah, uh, Brooklyn. Yeah, it was a little bad in Brooklyn. A couple of big, major downpours turned my neighborhood into rivers. Really? Yeah, it was pretty bad. Oh, it was like one of those, one of those one of summer, those, like, yeah. kaboom, the sky opens oh, up. Oh, sky opened up, but uh, okay. I got to give credit to the uh, Department of Sanitation because they had some cleanup job from all the fireworks debris I saw driving around this morning. Well, you live in a particular neighborhood where, when I was a kid, bro, your neighborhood was insane yeah, in the membrane. Yeah, it sounded like Baghdad last night, seriously. Yeah, no, it's, well, look. Let's let's be a little biased here. Fireworks and Italians kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. Um, and you live in, a, in an area that still has a a, a pretty, pretty decent-sized Italian-American footprint. Would that be fair to say? I would say so. And I did not even have to look towards the Macy's fireworks because they were going on all around me. Yeah. I mean, when I was a kid, it was – this was probably second to Christmas. Now – I heard Frank from Staten Island when he did denunciations, uh, I think it was Friday night, when he does denunciations, he was all ticked off about people who light off fireworks before the 4th of July. Um, as a kid in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, um, with the likes of Kevin Bennett and, and Chris Glenn and all my childhood friends, I mean, basically, by June 20th, somewhere like right after Father's Day, until July Fourth, we would we would lighten anything we could get our hands on. Uh, we may we would make like little forts out of wood, and like put little GI Joes there, and then like light it on fire and put a fire. We used to do something really horrible. It's Wednesday, okay? So it's July fifth. Maybe like not as many people are listening. You ready for this, Emily? Yeah, this is me. Oh, this boy. is a time this is a time gone by. I live in a neighborhood right right off of Fourth Avenue. This is I'm, people are gonna freak when they hear this. 
And there was um, there's the subway, which is still there on the corner of 85th Street and 4th Avenue. And, you know, when the subway would let out, a b- bunch of people would come walking down the block. And this is this is how long ago this was. This is the late 70s. In the late 70s, the only signs were, please curb your dog. There was no, like, fining. For, there was no pooper scoop of law. There was no picking up after your dog. So in the curb, you were allowed to have your dog do poop. And the sick little, like, 12, 13-year-old kids that we were, 14 maybe, we would get, <laughs> we would get a pack of firecrackers. And we would slowly and gently insert like two, like tied together and put it in the poop. And then then we would wait and see and watch people coming off the train and coming down the block. And we would try to. Their nice suits. Yeah, all dressed up. We would try to time it perfectly. And we would be like, we'd find some that's like in between two cars. So like people couldn't see us. And so then we would light it. And we would duck behind the car so no one could see where we were, and kaboom. And it wasn't like a loud thing. It wasn't a firecracker, but there would be some little bit of a splatter, and people would be yelling and screaming. Meathead. Yeah, one, yeah, total meathead. One guy chased us, but he didn't catch us. (laughs) But, like, but we were more into the colorful stuff than the bomb. Like, we weren't really into M80s, which is a quarter of a stick of dynamite, or Blockbuster, which is a half a stick of dynamite. I think a pineapple was three quarters of a stick of dynamite. We were definitely more into like the silver jets and the things that that um, like would go up and be colorful, the Roman candles. But they were definitely more expensive than the things that went boom. But I absolutely love, um, love, 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 loved July 4th and going down and on July 4th going to Shore Road in Bay Ridge and shooting the stuff over into the water and all the colorful things and it was wonderful. And then Giuliani put a screeching, screaming halt to that. It was like that unspoken war between him and John Gotti, uh, who would blow up basically um, Howard Beach with the fireworks. Um, and to be filed under, I guess I'm getting old. Uh, so I didn't go out and light off one firework this year. Um, and um, I'll talk about Geraldo Rivera's 80th birthday party at the end of the show. But like, we came home from that. And I turned on the TV and turned on NBC, and there was the Fourth of July show. And just to show, like I don't again, I'll I'll take the blame, right? I'll take the heat for this. But in my vision of like what a Fourth of July show should be, is it should be very like patriotic. Um, and I'm sorry, but I don't find LL Cool J and the Roots singing a rap tune that has nothing to do with this country as being very patriotic. And that was the last act that was on before the fireworks. I would much rather have seen, uh, you know, a a children's choir, uh, you know, like high school kids or college kids. I mean, at one point they did have the army choir sing, but look, I know it's all about capturing the young demographic. I know it's all about getting ratings and all of that, but, and then the, when the fireworks went off, I don't know, again, maybe because I'm getting older, the fireworks themselves, maybe I'm used to them, maybe like it's so hard to achieve that wow factor. Like I wasn't like blown away by anything. It just seemed like, like I don't know, normal fireworks. Like I think if you go to Coney Island on a Friday night, um, or if you go to a Cyclones game first and then you go into the sand, I, Joan, I promise we're going to get, you could do the whole third segment. You didn't even 
you do I know, that? I know. I'm because I'm on a roll. I'm on a roll. Um, Joan's all upset. She's, like, she's an executive producer. Upset. I know. Um, but the the fireworks themselves weren't great. And then I don't know the performances. I, they did a whole Motown thing. Okay, I mean, obviously that's a piece of America. They did a, t- a tribute to Tina Turner. Okay, I have no problem with that. She was a fabulous musician, and, and she does it embody to some degree the American dream, the American success story. So I have no issue with that. But if I'm going to be absolutely candid and, and forthright and tell you what I was thinking, like the first, I, and look, I didn't keep a stopwatch. The first, first whole, the first 10 performers, 12 performers, were all African-American performers. There was not one Caucasian performer. Which, okay, whatever. Um, but, I, you know, I would love to see this reflect America and to, to be a little patriotic, not make a political statement. Like, okay, I, I'm aware that uh, African-American people were mistreated in this country for decades, um, and we're still trying to make up for that. Uh, but, you know, the songs that were chosen and the performers who were chosen, I didn't think that really reflected what America is what Oklahoma is and what Wyoming is and what South Dakota is. Um, I, I guess towards the end, they try to like make up for it with a couple of, you know, American tunes, but I don't know. I was very underwhelmed by the whole thing. And I guess there was a little America, the beautiful thrown in there and there was a little God bless America thrown in there. But I think, you know, it could have been, I was disappointed. Let's just put it that way. I was disappointed with the actual fireworks themselves and um, with the performances. I mean, everyone sang good enough. There were no stars that I know of. LL Cool J singing right before the fireworks. Um, I don't know. I just think for America, for New York, we could have done a better job. Um, I will tell you, to the best of my recollection, the two greatest fireworks shows I've ever seen was in 1986, when they celebrated the Statue of Liberty's birthday, and I saw it live, and then when uh, and people are gonna go crazy when I say this, but Joe Biden's inauguration that night, the fireworks show with Katy Perry singing "Firework," that was unbelievable. I still have that DVR or whatever you call it now on on my television. Um, we're gonna talk about some of these Supreme Court decisions that were handed down last week with an expert professor from Cornell. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. I was walking with my feet ten feet off a beer. Walking in Memphis. But do I really feel the way I feel? This is Greg Floyd, president of Teamsters Local 237. Join me for Reaching Out. We'll talk about the issues that matter the most to working families, union members, and everyone who cares about the future. On the next Reaching Out, Greg welcomes New York State Senate Majority Leader Andrea Stewart-Cousins to recap the 2022-2023 legislative session in Albany, Saturday afternoon at 2.30 p.m. with an encore at 9 p.m. on AM 970. The Answer. Visit Dennis Prager. Sign up today for an unforgettable experience in Israel this October. Mike Gallagher and I are traveling to the Holy Land on the Stand with Israel tour with our trusted partner, Inspiration Cruises and Tours. This trip of a lifetime to Israel is one you don't want to miss. Register today before it's too late at Stand with Israel Tour. Dot com, StandWithIsraelTour.com or call 855-565-5519. 855-565-5519. 
Let's talk about the great Sabah family, the owners and operators of Bay Ridge Honda in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn. Because right around here, this July 4th holiday, they're going to save you $1,500. That's how much you could get when you turn in your tr- or turn in your trade or lease and purchase your next vehicle with Bay Ridge Honda. They've been your family-owned and operated dealer for over 60 years. Your dealer serving the five boroughs. Everyone chooses Bay Ridge Honda. Browse from over 200 new Honda vehicles and over 100 certified pre-owned vehicles backed by the Honda True Program at their 2022 President's Award winning dealership. And right now you get 0% APR financing and zero down payment on select new 2023 Honda models the entire month of July. Plus you'll receive $1,500 when you turn in your trade or lease when you purchase your next car with them. Even if you don't buy from them, they will buy your car from you. So visit them at 4th Avenue and 88th Street in Brooklyn, New York, 4th Avenue and 88th Street in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, New York, or online at BayRidgeHonda.com. That's BayRidgeHonda.com. Available to qualified buyers. Additional fees may apply. See dealer for details. Sale ends July 30th, 2023. Summer is not just about fun in the sun. It's also a great time to get healthy. Focus on your wellness and your brain with our new Memory Multivitamin. Energize your skin this summer with our Enhanced Vitamin C Skin Serum. The Invite Health Buy One Get One Free Independence Day Savings Event is on now. Buy any Invite Health product at suggested retail and get the second bottle free. Stop by an Invite Health store today to learn more about how to stay healthy with the help from one of our nutrition experts. Give us a call to order by phone right now at 800-673-2345. That's 800-673-2345. Listen to past shows and informative podcasts all at invitehealth.com. Visit invitehealth.com for our retail locations and to set up a free nutritional consultation in person by phone or by video. Take advantage of Invite's limited time, buy one, get one free Independence Day savings event. Contact Invite at 800-673-2345. That number again, 800-673-2345. Or go to invitehealth.com. Planning for your future is important. You know that. Are you and your family protected? If you're not around to make decisions, who will? Are your assets protected from probate and nursing home costs? You know when the time to plan is? Now. Wills, trusts, power of attorneys, healthcare proxies, living wills, estate planning. The goal of Connors and Sullivan is always the protection of your rights and interests. They've been helping people just like you plan their estates and protect their families for over 40 years. And you can visit them for a no-obligation free consultation. Just call Connors and Sullivan today to schedule a free in-person initial consultation with a lawyer at any of their convenient locations in Brooklyn, Manhattan, Queens, and Staten Island. Call 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. Or visit their website, connorsandsullivan.com. That's connorsandsullivan.com. And remember what Mike Connors always says, the biggest mistake when it comes to estate planning is not planning at all. Listen to AM970, The Answer, on Alexa. Tune in, iHeart, or odyssey.com. Look at the blue sky. You too. Any reason why you're uh, into this there, San Marino, or just because it's a great tune? I was tune? in a U2-ish mood. Uh, oh, cheating and looking at the bumper music at the out of this segment. I probably should end a minute early just to play it because it's a tune that I love. Let me tell you uh, how sometimes I cheat as a lawyer. It has to do with our next guest. One of the great 
websites for lawyers that is just chock full of legal information, but real legal information, not the AI stuff that that lawyer relied on who's maybe getting sanctioned by Judge Catterson in the Southern District of New York. Excellent legal information is the Cornell University School of Law website. It's uh, it's really a tremendous resource, obviously, for their students, but for us lawyers, too. You know, they call it practicing law because you're always practicing. You never figure it out. So uh, when I asked Joan Pelzer, the executive producer and sometimes guest host of the Idola Power Hour, to find me a great legal mind to discuss basically what took place uh, with the Supreme Court of the United States last week and the uh, this ruling by um, the Biden officials having to limit their conduct their contact with social media companies. Joan Pelzer found Professor William Jacobson. He is the founder of EqualProtect.org. He's a clinical professor of law and the director of the Securities Law Clinic Clinic at Cornell University School of Law. Welcome to the Arthur Idala Power Hour, Professor Jacobson. Thanks for having me on. The pleasure is all mine. First of all, let me just ask you, you're the founder of EqualProtect.org. Could you just tell our listeners what that's all about? Sure. EqualProtect.org is a project that we have to fight against discrimination done in the name of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Really the sort of issues that the Supreme Court resolved a week ago. It's to stand up for the principle that everybody, regardless of race, color, is entitled to equal protection and is entitled to be treated fairly without regard to race. And we uh, publicize bad conduct, we litigate bad conduct, and we, you know, get a lot of tips from people. So that's what we do at EqualProtect.org. So then let's tie in EqualProtect.org to the Supreme Court ruling in the affirmative action case from last week. Well, sure. So the, uh, the Supreme Court, using the Equal Protection Clause of the Constitution, that's where we got our name, uh, EqualProtect.org, Uh, found that the racial preferences uh, at Harvard and at University of North Carolina, racial preferences meant to promote diversity of the student body, actually discriminated against mostly Asian students, but other students as well, and that that violated the Equal Protection Clause and that uh, they cannot take race into account when it comes to admitting a student. The, the skin color of a student cannot be used as a factor to in the admissions process, and that's what the Supreme Court held. So does Professor William Jacobson, the founder of EqualProtect.org, think that the Supreme Court got it right, wrong, somewhere in the middle? Uh, they got it right. I mean, they, they absolutely got it right. It, it shouldn't have even come to this. Uh, that uh, I think the, they didn't announce any new law, okay? But what they did is they they made very clear that a lot of the practices that have been going on, a lot of the practices that frankly have been tolerated by the courts uh, no longer can can go forward. And so the court also drew a distinction, which is going to be how a lot of schools like Harvard are going to try to evade the ruling between using the race of a person, which cannot be done, as opposed to a person's particular experiences with racial discrimination. So if a particular student has overcome acts of discrimination or interacted with it and that's shaped their lives, that can be used. But you can't say it's because of the color of someone's skin that we're going to let them in, we're going to admit them. So they got it right. They left a little bit of a loophole there. 
And I think that's something, a loophole that schools like Harvard are going to try to exploit. So here's one question that has been asked to me, and I don't really have an answer for it. I've tried. Um, we're talking to Professor William Jacobson of Cornell University School of Law. For those of you who don't know, Cornell University School of Law is the creme, creme de la creme of law schools. Um, how do they get away, the Supreme Court, with saying, but this doesn't uh, apply to West Point and Annapolis, the military institutions? Well, right. Well, they didn't say, and this is where I think a lot of people are maybe getting wrong, they didn't say it doesn't apply. What they said is that the issue of the military academies is not in front of us now. So it's not something that we need to decide. They are not. They have unique potential needs that regular higher education doesn't have. And therefore, we're not going to decide whether these same rules we're announcing for everybody uh, also apply to the military academies, because that's not really in front of us right now. And I think they said that in a footnote, if I recall. So it's not so much that they found that these rules don't apply. It's they found that it's not part of this case. And it's something that might need to be considered in a different framework down the road. And um, so other people ask me, you know, how does I can understand how the courts can talk to the University of North Carolina, because that's a a public institution how is the court allowed how does they how, how do they have the power to speak to harvard which is a private institution institution well because harvard receives a ton of federal money as do most major universities so they are subject to all of these rules because of their federal funding now i don't want to throw you a curveball or or make you speak against the interests of cornell university but i i knew the answer to the question that i just asked you I I don't know the exact number, but I know Harvard's endowment is like over a billion dollars. Why in God's name do my tax dollars have to go to Harvard University? Yeah, well, Harvard's endowment, I think, is over fifty five zero billion dollars. Yeah, okay. I knew they it was a crazy number. I just didn't want to blow it out. I try not to exaggerate. Money. They don't. They don't. Right. They don't. They They could stop charging tuition tomorrow and it wouldn't impact their lives at all. Uh, so Harvard is super wealthy. Cornell, I might be slightly off. I think it's about a $10 billion endowment. Now, $10 billion, you know, an endowment doesn't mean you've got the cash in the bank. A lot of those are earmarked and restricted to be used for particular purposes. But nonetheless, these are very wealthy universities. And I, I agree. Why should taxpayers be funding these universities to the extent they are? And if we are going to fund them, then they've got to play by the same rules that other, you know, places have to play by, which is you cannot discriminate. So, I, you know, that didn't become the fact that Harvard was private did not become a very big issue in the litigation because they clearly are subject to, you know, federal laws. Uh, OK, because yeah, and, and the, so much money. The reason why I was tying that in is because simultaneously in this term of the Supreme Court of the United States, they told the webmaster, the female webmaster who said, I have no problem working with gay people, but I don't want to do the websites for their um, weddings because my religious beliefs do not believe in gay marriage. Um, and basically the court said, well, since you're a private entity, you know, nobody could force you to, to do this. So that's why I was thinking, well, Harvard's a private entity as well. But if you could talk a little bit about that, uh, Professor yeah. Jacobson of, this, of uh, Cornell University School, School of Law. 
Sure. Well, the the Colorado case, uh, you know, you may remember your listeners may remember the Colorado baker yes. who didn't want to bake mm. a cake. He would bake a cake for anybody, but he didn't want to have to put a message on the cake that he didn't agree with. So this is so this was taking place in Colorado under the Colorado Public Accommodations Law. So it had no distinction between her being private or or public. Uh, she was still subject to it. And uh, the issue there was a First Amendment free speech that the state of Colorado, the government, was going to punish her if she did not create websites with a message she did not agree with. So she went to court rather than violating the law and getting punished and then appealing it. She went prospectively to court and said, look, there's this law. If I'm going to conduct my business the way I want with my First Amendment speech rights, I'm going to be prosecuted. And the state didn't dispute that. The state didn't dispute that. So it really didn't turn on her being private versus public. It turned on her being subject to the laws of the state of Colorado and the threat of prosecution if she did not create websites for gay uh, same-sex marriages. And, uh, And there the issue was she said, I'll create a website for anybody, but you can't force me to put a message to create a message that I don't agree with. And the Supreme Court agreed with her. But Professor Jacobson, typically, not typically, almost always, there has to be a harm for you to bring, to have standing to bring the case. You know, typically she's got to refuse to do it, then they have to sue her. And that, I mean, that's, I believe, what happened with the, with the baker. You can't, uh, under normal circumstances, and you'll articulate it better than I can, you can't say, well, I think this is going to happen, so I'm asking you to make a ruling now. Just if you could expand on that a little bit, Professor Jacobson, I'd appreciate it. Sure. Well, there is a process where you have, uh, you know, an allegedly unconstitutional law that you will be prosecuted for. You don't have to violate the law and risk fine or imprisonment. You can challenge it in court. And and state of Colorado didn't dispute that. That was never really an issue uh, to file, to contest a law. And it happens all the time. I mean, the ACLU does it all the time uh, with laws they consider unconstitutional. So what What you have to show for standing is that you reasonably uh, expect to be subjected to this prosecution. And and this again, the state of Colorado was very upfront. Yeah, we're going to prosecute her. They didn't dispute it. So that's all she needed to get into court was the credible, real, imminent threat of being prosecuted under a law that she uh, disputed the constitutionality of. So, Professor Jacobson, when you use the word prosecute, are you meaning that someone's coming in to arrest them or you mean that they're going to be fined in some manner or another? Well, I'm not sure what the Colorado remedies were. Certainly fines. That's for sure. I mean, I can't believe it's part of the penal. I can't believe it's part of the penal law that they're going to lock someone up for refusing to create a website. Well, you know, they don't they wouldn't say they're locking her up for refusing to create a website. They'd say they're going to. If it had a criminal provision, they're, it, what they're criminalizing is um, discriminatory conduct in the business. So they could have shut her whole business down. They could have ruined her livelihood. They could have fined her. I don't know. When I say prosecute, I mean they would have gone after her. I don't know whether there were criminal provisions in that law. So I didn't mean that she'd be criminally prosecuted. But she would have been subject to sanction by the state. And the state didn't dispute that. They said, yes, just like the baker we're going to come after her if 
she opens this business and refuses to create same-sex marriage websites. Okay, so we're talking to Professor William Jacobson of Cornell University School of Law and the founder of EqualProtect.org. And one last topic, Professor. Yesterday, in a 155-page ruling on July 4th issued by a district judge of Louisiana, barring the White House and its officials um, and multiple federal agencies from contacting social media companies with the purpose of suppressing political views and other speech normally protected from government censorship. What does Professor Jacobson have to t- say about that? Yeah, well, and anybody who's right of center, like we are at our website and we have other websites that we have, we're constantly being throttled on Facebook and other social media. And a lot of people felt, and it was actually proven to the judge, that that was at the instigation of the government, that the, uh, there was a long trail of emails and text messages, a 155-page opinion I think probably 130 of those 150 were going through all the emails, all the evidence that was presented that the private entities were, in fact, doing the bidding of the government to suppress things with regard to COVID, to suppress things with regard to the vaccines, to suppress political opinions, protected speech. And so what this is saying is that when private entities act at the behest of the government, they in the conduct becomes an essential government action and can be a subject to the First Amendment. So if Facebook on its own thought up, oh, we don't want this content on our website, they're entitled to do that. But when Biden administration officials email them and text them and have conversations with them saying, we don't like this content out there, and they then take it down, that the judge found was government suppression of free speech. And so that what the judge said is that the government can still contact and communicate with these entities about alleged criminal conduct, about national security conduct, things like that. But you can't just go to Facebook as the government and say, we don't like what this doctor is saying about COVID or we don't like what the doctor is saying about masks uh, and we think it should be removed. That that is now government action and is subject to the First Amendment. William Jacobson, he is a professor at the Cornell University School of Law, the founder of EqualProtect.org. So I have to go now because we have these things called commercials that help pay the bills around here. But um, I would like to invite you, uh, Professor Jacobson. So our office is on 45th Street and 5th Avenue. And on 44th Street between Madison Avenue and 5th Avenue is a very famous club with a red awning. Do you know what the name of that club is? Uh, 44th Street is the Cornell Club. <laughs> there you go. So um, what I would like to do on air is invite you, uh, if you have any reason to be at the Cornell Club anytime in the near future, just um, get in contact with us. I would love you to be sitting here on the other side of my desk with a microphone. We could do a whole show together because obviously you got it all going on in the world of the law. And I think uh, you know the purpose of this show is to be entertaining and educational simultaneously and i think you and i having some chats about the law i think we could probably pull that off so you're uh, the airwaves are open to you here on am 970 the answer great i appreciate it thanks for the offer all right thank you so much professor william jacobson we are going to take a break now to listen to a little bit of the um motion picture soundtrack of the greatest showman This is called This Is Me, and hold on to your seat because we are coming back 
we're coming back with Joni Pelzer. She wasn't introduced in the beginning. She's pouting. She has so much to talk about. So just take a listen, and we'll be right back. Run away, you say, no one will love you as you are. But I won't let them break me down to dust. I know that there's a place for us. For we are glorious. When the sharpest words want to cut me down. I'm going to send the blood, going to drown them out. I am brave, I am bruised, I am who I'm meant to be. This is me. Look out, because here I come. And I'm marching on to the beat I drum. I'm not scared to be seen. I make no apologies. This is me. Is social media addictive? Uh, Dr. Marty McCary joins Kevin McCullough, yours truly, tonight at 7 to break down this and other important items of wellness. It's Wellness Wednesday brought to you by Balance of Nature, right here, starting at 7. As a local business owner, you get called every week by marketing companies. We get it. We have hundreds of satisfied customers. Here's what a satisfied client recently said. Open enrollment is going great. We're hitting record numbers. Thank you so much for this report. It really is amazing to see how the marketing is really shaping our enrollment around the city if you're a local business and ready for the next step google salem surround new york right now our experts are ready to help you take your marketing to the next level google salem surround new york today like am 970 the answer then don't forget to like us on facebook interact with us share your thoughts about your favorite shows give feedback to our hosts share your opinion on hot topics learn about events and more am 970 the all right, I hope you're standing by because in this next segment we have Joan Pelzer coming up and she has riveting, riveting stories to talk to you about. But before we get to the executive producer of the Idola Power Hour, Joan Pelzer, otherwise known as Joni Pelzer, otherwise known as co-host of the Idola Power Hour, uh, what? don't be so rude, Joan. What's the matter with you? I owe you. I didn't get, like, I went on a rant in the first segment and I didn't get to you. I apologize. But let's talk about our friends and family at Plaza College, because I've been talking about their court reporting program at Plaza College for a long time now. And they, I mean, they've been around since 1916. They're spectacular court reporting, really, really spectacular. I've been sending some of their students to some of the DA's offices. But they have four other schools of study, including their new school of nursing. The accelerated Bachelor of Science in Nursing program can be completed in just 16 months. And we're going to congratulate the first graduating cohort of nursing students that began with 20 students, 18 successfully completed. We want to congratulate them. That is a spectacular accomplishment. As we heard on Monday from Dr. Christine Haynes, the nurses are the lifeblood of the hospitals. Plaza College also has a dental hygiene program with a 20-chair community clinic. Students work on live patients under the supervision of a dentist. It is such an incredible experience. For additional information regarding the programs I mentioned or Plaza's other areas of study, like their School of Business and Paralegal Studies or their School of Allied Health, just visit their website at plazacollege.edu. That's plaza, P-L-A-Z-A, college.edu. Hi, this is Judge Kamins, a partner at Idala Bertuna and Kamins, and where author Idala of the author Idala Power Hour works at his 24-7 day job. 
In 2014, I retired from the bench to join ABK, which is a full-service preeminent boutique firm that has been helping New Yorkers when legal problems arise. ABK is uniquely qualified to assist New Yorkers who have a wide range of legal problems, from personal injury claims and civil litigation to criminal defense and trusts and estates. I personally work on appellate matters, attorney disciplinary matters, and complex legal issues with a dedicated group of attorneys who provide a team approach to each case. There is no legal problem too big or small for this talented and hardworking legal team. So when you think of the Idala Power Hour, also keep in mind ABK, the power legal firm. All right, let's talk about my friends Jason and Ray at Hemp Leaf. I use their products every day, several times a day, as a matter of fact. We start off in the shower using their soap. Their soap that comes in this beautiful black bottle. It's a liquid black soap. You just put it on, put it on the loofer or on the washcloth, and just two little squirts, three maybe, and your whole body is clean. Then you get out of the shower, you slap on the hemp leaf shea butter or the whip butter. They have all different colors of the rainbow, lavender, vanilla, peppermint, unscented. You could use it literally from head to toe. It will leave your skin feeling soft and moist and feeling younger than ever. All of their natural botanical products are manufactured in their Long Island, New York facility. All their products are vegan-friendly and cruelty-free. They also have the Icy Pot Muscle Rub, which is fantastic if you just, you know, got some aching muscles. For the ladies, they have the Heel Ixer that you put on your heel at night before you go to sleep and you wake up feeling better than ever. Those feet get repaired overnight. And remember, the best thing about their products is they would not put anything on your body that you wouldn't feel comfortable putting in your body. So visit them at www.hempleaf.com. That's www.h-e-m-p-l-i-e-f-h-e-m-p-l-i-e-f.com. Mention the name Arthur at checkout and receive 10% off. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. We return now with lifetime New Yorker and legal analyst, attorney Arthur Idala and the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Well, our next guest really can walk on broken glass and not even feel any pain because she has those kinds of superpowers. Because she's not only the executive producer of the Idala Power Hour, but she's an incredible daughter. Friend, dog owner, thespian, and everything else. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, the one and only Joni Pelzer. Joni, I get a whole highlight. All right, Joni, I'll give you a choice. Okay. What are we talking about? Okay, I give you a choice. A. There's some sad stories too. There's yeah. two sad, one happy, and one like in between. Joey Chestnut. Joey Chestnut. We still have a whole other segment, I think. Joey Chestnut and Mickey Sudo sweep the Nathan's hot dog again. Okay, that's the happy one. That's awesome. Um, De Blasio separating (laughs) and having his own. That's the medium one. Yeah. Him and his wife having an open marriage, and then the sad ones. The very sad one is Robert uh, Robert De Niro's grandson. And That's another another sad one is Heather Locklear just seemed to be like going off the edge. You you could pick a topic, Joni. What do you want to go with? Uh, I guess we should start with the sad and then go into the happy. So, so they're reporting. What are they reporting slow. about De Niro's grandson? 
It's so sad. In fact, uh, our fun little intern, Caroline, looked this up and I said, what's what is it about this story that made you look at it? And it's because it's Robert De Niro's grandson found 19. fentanyl. I mean, what the heck is going on with drugs in this city and this country? It's and scary. They were talking about it. Um, they were talking about it. Um, I was talking about it actually at lunch today that apparently some legal fentanyl producers, because I believe there is a legal element to fentanyl, they are now putting dye in the fentanyl so that it's yellow. Yeah. So that if it gets mixed in, I guess, with cocaine, you so can you know see the difference. that. Yeah, okay, don't don't be doing this. Robert De Niro's 19-year-old grandson, Sad Leandro breaking. De Niro Rodriguez, died after taking pills laced with fentanyl. His heartbroken mom has claimed. I mean, so scary, isn't it? You just don't know. And they're making these things look like, I mean, this is a 19 year old kid, so he's not like a 12 year old that's going to think this is candy, but they're making this someone, stuff look this is like what his, candy. This is what his mom said. Someone sold him fentanyl lace pills that they knew were laced, yet still sold them to him. Now, what I want to know, actually, we, we need to get a doctor on to talk about this. How much of it is in what's out there? And how do you know? I mean, these kids are taking these things for recreational purposes. I think it's a crapshoot. It is a crapshoot. I mean, look, I've had a family member die of an overdose, and it was absolutely heartbreaking a number of years ago. And it young person um, was taking some some pills for some ailments that they had. I mean, these kids are getting hurt playing sports, and they're getting different drugs to help with the pain and sometimes they can't get off it. I don't know in this case why Leandro was taking this, but it's it's heartbreaking. We have 60 seconds left. Talk to me about Heather Locklear. I don't know anything about Heather oh, Locklear. She's been in such bad she I, I mean, when I was a kid I thought Sam Bellino, you hip Didn't you Heather, have a poster on your wall? Well, I didn't I didn't have a poster. I was only allowed to have posters of Italian things. She's Sam Bellino, how beautiful apparently. was Heather Locklear back in the day? She was amazing. Definitely one of the most beautiful women on on television too. Yeah, and so that, I'm reading that's about gone. it now. She's so sad. She's gone back on, on drugs and, and Ozempic. And, yeah, well, Ozempic is like I don't know. People with diabetes are supposed to take that, but now people are taking it's it. It's weight loss. That and a bunch of other things are for weight loss. But her sobriety went off the rails. Apparently, it's tequila. So sad. It's very sad. All right, we're going to come back amazing. with a couple of fun stories. We're going to talk about Bill De Blasio. We're going to talk. Fun. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. Come on, open. He was at your party. All right, we're just doing one quick commercial and we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. This is an important notice to consumers facing $10,000 or more in credit card debt, medical bills, or other unsecured debt. You may not be required to pay it all back because there are special programs now in effect that will significantly reduce the amount you will owe if you qualify. This is not bankruptcy or a debt consolidation loan. These programs, which the credit card companies like to keep secret, exist to aid American consumers struggling with overwhelming credit card debt by offering tremendous savings and real debt relief. Accredited Debt Relief has established a special hotline for you to call and learn what savings you qualify for. They've helped qualify consumers with over a billion dollars in debt and are A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. So don't wait. Get the relief you need during these hard economic times. For this free information, call the Accredited Debt Relief Hotline now. Call 800-950-0099. 800-950-0099. That's 800-950-0099. 
So our friend Joe Piscopo, the fantastic morning show host here on AM 970, has teamed up with Steve Perillo to create a special offer for our AM 970 family, a special Perillo tour with Joe Piscopo leading the way. Three nights in Rome, seeing all the important sites like the Vatican, the Colosseum, the Forum, as well as a special dinner party with a performance by Joe Piscopo himself. Then you fly to Sicily and spend three nights in Taromina, where you'll see the beautiful towns like Forza de Agro, Savoca. You'll see the famous Bar Vitelli, where Michael Corleone, I was going to say Michael Corleone, Michael Corleone asked Apollonia's father for a hand in marriage. You know that scene in the movie. Enjoy a once-in-a-lifetime wine tasting at Mount Etna, and then on to Palermo for three more nights before flying home. Rome and Sicily, what a great customized trip. The tour dates are October 18th to 28th. And remember, a Perillo tour is a stress-free escorted vacation where you don't lift a finger. October 18th to 28th, call today, 1-800-431-1515, 1-800-431-1515, or go to perillotours.com. Kevin McCullough is next on AM 970, The Answer. All right, welcome back to the Idala Power Hour here at 6.48 p.m. So um, yesterday on July 4th, it was delayed by some uh, lightning and downpours. But the regular suspects, Joni, won the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. I love this as a positive story. Oh, yeah, very positive. I did not get my Nathan's Hot Dog, though, on Monday night. Chestnut devoured a record-breaking 76 hot dogs and buns in 10 minutes. Could you imagine doing that? I don't that, know. That's his record. That's not what he did yesterday. Chestnut devoured a record-breaking 76 hot dogs oh, and that, buns. That, that's and his tenants. record. He did 63 yesterday. Oh, he did? Yes. Okay, Joan's giving me bad information. Uh, uh, I'm reading yeah. off of what Joan is giving me. No, no. That, that's despite a weather... I'm blaming Caroline. Despite a, you can't blame wow. the intern. Despite a weather delay, competitive eaters Joey Chestnut and Mickey Sudo triumph at the annual hot dog contest. Chestnut devoured a record-breaking 76 hot dogs and buns in 10 minutes, securing his 14th championship title. Thank you, Sam Bellino, for, for correcting this. Um, Chestnut ate 62 win. hot dogs yep. and buns during the 10-minute contest in front of cheering spectators during the 4th of July spectacle. Yes, so This Sam was Lino's his right. 16th win. This is what I'm reading here. 16th win. So his 14th win, he ate the 76. Now he's... Okay. (laughs) How about the Sambolino? At least 60 hot dogs in 10 minutes. This is apparently... I'm not sure. According to Yahoo Sports. Okay, I got it. I I don't know if I could eat 10 hot dogs in 10 minutes. I don't think so. I couldn't even eat like three. I didn't even get my Nathan's hot dog. I would love to see... I mean, look, I I hope this guy lives to 100. But like... This has got to just wreak havoc on your body. Well, they I mean, prep for this. Yeah, I I'm mean, aware. Well, yeah, of course they prep for it. I can't I mean, even... you think, does he go out and throw up right after this happens? Probably, wouldn't you? I, I... He was on the Today Show, actually, this morning, talking about him and Mickey. We're both on... She's tiny. They're not even that big. So, Joan, talk to me, because I know you're like, you're like uh, Dr. Judith Kuriansky here. Do you even know who that is? Do you know who Dr. Judith no. Kuriansky is? Okay, she's a very famous like relationship person on okay. the radio. <laughs> so I, I've listened to her forever. She's good friends with Frank from Staten Island. Oh, we got to get was, her on I, then. I was a big fan of hers when she was okay, on the Okay, we're going to get her on the show. So de Blasio and Charlene announced that they're kind of separating, but kind of not. They're going to live under the same roof. 
Maybe they'll fool around sometimes. Maybe they won't. Maybe they're he'll date, have a girlfriend. They're still going to date right. each other. Right. Maybe he'll have a girlfriend. Maybe she'll have a girlfriend. They both said that it's to date other people. That's what they said in a yeah. statement, apparently. Well, we saw him whatever, last he Thursday He was at your night. party, yeah. yeah he, Two Thursdays ago. Right. Well, it's actually a Thursday and a half ago. Thursday and a half ago. It'll Tomorrow's be, Thursday it'll be, again. It'll be you know. two Thursdays tomorrow. <laughs> um, I, you know. And he was at your big 50th birthday party mm, a few years I guess, ago. <clears throat> I guess, you know. Mayor Giuliani went through his stuff, and Ed Koch, who knows what he was really doing. And I guess this is called Bloomberg. polyamorous, where they're going to stay together but see other people. Is that what it is? Yes. Sam Molina, you got any opinion on this whole? I, I, I kind of like the, the dyed hair that uh, Bill. I really don't think Breyer right would now. be happy with that. Do you, Sam Bellino? What? Happy about what? <laughs> Happy with it, with it being in that kind of a relationship with you? No, no, of course not. Of course, definitely yeah, not. I'd be happier too if you actually fact checked this stuff before you came on the air with it as well. Wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, Sam, oh, look at this. Um, the, some a new article just came out about the Titan, um, the Titan. Oh, what do you call it? Submarine. Oh, that's and said that, that the last time it went out, it had a problem as well. T- terrified passengers were stuck on board for hours. Footage taken inside the submersible shows the vehicle spinning out of control, leading pilot Scott Griffith to say, we have a problem, as the five-person crew drove 12,500 feet below sea level. You know, this will be one of those stories. The wreckage that- was returned to the land, which is yes. at least they'll be able to search it now. For Sad. what? I have for, a complaint well, about this story, though. Why couldn't they announce earlier that it had imploded? Hmm? Why did they wait so many have. days before they said that it actually imploded. They made it seem like there was a real chance that these people may have survived and they could get to them before the air ran out. But they knew it had imploded days before. Yeah, well, I guess they um, <clears throat> I guess they just wanted to quadruple check that they were correct. You know, then nobody wants to give out bad news or hor- horrific news unless it's positive that they're accurate, unlike how many hot dogs Joey Chestnut ate. Um, <laughs> so... Joan, we were talking about the homeless situation here in New York. The number of homeless in New York jumped by nearly 18% in just a year, despite Mayor Adams' efforts to clean up the vagrant population. The annual homeless outreach population estimate survey counted 4,042 people sleeping on the streets or in the subways when the citywide tally was performed on January 24th, up from 3,439 in 2022. I do not know... To uh, to what uh, to attribute that to? Um, I had lunch today with some pretty prestigious New Yorkers, like real New Yorkers, like business people and restaurant owners and things like that. And um, they would not be people who you would fall into the category as being like Eric Adams cheerleaders. And yet they were. They were <clears throat> kind of complimenting him, but more complimenting the city. Um, someone at this lunch I had today cited a statistic which basically forget about the numbers but that like more young people than ever want to live in new york mm-hmm. and if you look at it in terms of the world of television where they're all targeting the demo of like the key demos 24 to 55 that's or 54 that's who they want to buy everything well if young people be age of 24 and 54 that's considered young um just below if they, us if they want right if they want to live in new york well then that's a good thing because the yeah. rents are outrageous, though. Yeah, but they're figuring out they live in four of them are living in an apartment. Exactly. <clears throat> like yep. someone who works here, 
um, their ch- three children are sharing a one-bedroom apartment, but they're siblings, so yeah. it's not the yeah. end of the world. But I've represented people who they put up fake walls or half walls, yep. and they just they just make it work. Even in my building, where a picture of these homeless two people, these two homeless people are in my neighborhood. These two right there. You know them? They're in my. I do. I actually give them food, and they're in my neighborhood all the time. He sits in front of the link. Do they nutrient? Do they need the food? Or? Um. He eats it once in a while, but usually I sit. I see him sitting in front of the link thing where you can plug in and you can use the internet. Yeah. Using watching a movie on his phone, and I've seen him with needles sticking out of his arm. Interesting. Not fun in in a neighborhood where people are paying three thousand dollars for rent. Yeah, it's also interesting that, um, they're homeless, but they have a phone. He has a phone, and he's plugged in watching movies, sitting on the corner. And I don't know where he gets the money for the drugs either. Maybe but just he gets begging. money. Maybe he's begging. I'm not giving money. I'm giving I, food. I, I know some of these. Money. I know some of these people who beg make some bread, and they have to be paying. You know, Verizon is not going to give you. Yeah, maybe they'll give you a month and let you slide. But well, no, he does not pay for internet. Oh, he just does he's the Wi-Fi. Using the Wi-Fi at the link machine on the corner, and he's using you. the plug as well. There Smart, you know. not a stupid guy. Well, they, they I'm gonna, I, I, you know, I'm not going to say he's smart and he's they're not a on, stupid guy. Who the hell wants drugs. to live on the street? Who wants to live on the street? I know. I yeah, know. I know. Sad. Look, it's, it's sad. It's, it's very sad. And it is. But, and the thing is this, that what we should just keep in mind is that the resources are out there for people who find out, who figure out that they really, yeah. um, <clears throat> really need help. The help is there. Mm-hmm. It's you know the city has so more programs than you could think of, but not everyone is capable of taking the help. I, we do have to say there I are a lot it. of very sick people, and it's sad. I got it. All right, so it's as we sad. slam the lid 16th on things, 16th annual Nathan's contest win, um, <laughs> not 14th. <laughs> let me add some simile. What show is this? Three forty something. This we got is into- three fifty five. 355. All right. Okay. We'll be heading to 360 soon. It's 355 like a, is not bad because 356, 56 is your year of your, I mean, your birth age. She just, Samuelina, she just comes up oh, with these I things. I come up with very odd 356. Statistics. I mean, all right. Um, <laughs> tomorrow night, I am. we're going to have another riveting show that you cannot miss. Um, I have three case, cases on a court tomorrow and I have oh, three clients coming in. So uh, we'll have plenty to talk about uh, tomorrow night. We'll talk about the law. We'll talk about. We have a lot of um, to talk about. I, I want to talk about the Yankees a little bit. I don't know one of their players got suspended today. Yep. Thank you for spending July 5th with us. Happy birthday to the United States of America. We'll see you tomorrow. The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored by Idala Bertuna and Cammons PC. Portions of the Arthur Idala Power Hour sponsored by Hempleaf. We won't put anything on your body that you wouldn't put in your body.